You're listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is a podcast where we friends get together and talk about a horror movie, which we will spoil. But first, we'll talk about some recently watched, which we will try to not spoil. Uh, we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can find the music on Amazon or uh, Apple Music, where you can buy it digitally, or say hello to them on Facebook, where they are, the Moon Dash Rays. And we're not professional critics. We're just your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Will. Hello. And Jolian. Hello. Guys, what have you watched? Let's talk about that. Uh, who wants to go first? Uh, no, I've not seen much. Not seen much? So All right. We're still watching uh, Ultraman Max and uh, the new sumo tournament. No, Zatoichi? No, um, not at time. Oh, I thought maybe you'd finally run out. No, we're like uh, two-thirds of the way through the series. All right. Wait till you see the one where he goes into space. <laughs> Leprechaun in space. Zatoichi in space. <laughs> um, do you want me to knock out? I have three. Yeah, go knock for it. Um, we watched this entire uh, series called Three Pines. At first I was like, oh, is this guy like the Canadian Alfred Molina? It was just Alfred Molina, <laughs> who may or may not be Canadian. I don't really honestly know. Um, but this is a uh, its a series that follows his character, Chief Armand Gamache, as he investigates uh, some cases in this, uh, they say Quebec, don't they? they say, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we, t- we typically want to pronounce it Quebec here, but it's Quebec. Um, it's a village, uh, anyway, in Quebec called Three Pines. And he's uncovering uh, secrets and finding out that there's some, you know, stuff going on. Dark secrets in a small town? Get out of here. Believe it or not, this is a great story idea. Some, uh, someone else should get on this. <laughs> so it's well acted, well written. It, it's based on a book, I understand. Um, but uh, yeah, you've, you've got... Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a woman who plays sort of the dopey um, bumbling deputy who always manages to like come up with some little gem of a clue or an idea. I, I love that kind of character, although it's totally a stereotype. Um, she lean against the fireplace and it opens up. <laughs> that kind of thing, okay. pretty much. I mean, it doesn't go quite that far, but almost. But it's really cool. Anyway, uh, that's a good one. Uh, this is available on Hulu, I believe. And... Uh, it's good. What's uh, it called? Three Pines. Three Pines. Yeah. Uh, then I watched a documentary called Memory, The Origins of Alien. And this one, i almost certain I watched it on Tubi, but if not, it was Prime. I believe it's on Tubi. Yeah. Uh, this is a documentary that uh, goes into the origins of the, the Alien film from 1979. And it's quite good you do get as you would hope a bunch of hr giger stuff but they don't lean on that so much to just give you a story they do go really well into the chest burster scene and how they had to set it up and make it work and you know how it almost tears through the t-shirt and doesn't mm. and then does that was an accident and it works really well yeah <laughs> and i think that's one of those hey that was better than what we could have gotten from getting it right the first time and there's a bunch of stuff like that. That's really cool. Uh, who boy, I did not know Tom Skerritt was that old. He's pretty old. The, the, the interview so 120, footage. 120, I believe, this year. It seemed like it. I was kind of, uh, yeah, 
kind of surprised by that. They had to bring in a cup of blood for him during the interview to keep him going. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, the director of this, uh, Alexandre O. Felipe, um, announced this while he was promoting the, uh, the documentary 78 slash 52, the one about, mm. uh, the psycho shower yeah, scene. That's good. Yeah. So he probably thought nothing of, you know, spending five or 10 minutes on the chestburster scene. He did a whole documentary about the shower scene from psycho. So this is great. Uh, totally recommend it. Uh, well, let's see what else. Oh, don't stop me after I say this is a Bruce PlayStation. <laughs> A Bruce Playstation. I can't even say okay. I'm laughing. Bruce Playstation film. <laughs> uh, Midnight in the, in the Switchgrass. This, <laughs> this stars Megan Fox, Emile Hirsch, Bruce Willis, Lucas Haas, Colson Baker, so on and so forth. Um, they're really exploiting Bruce Willis in this one. Uh it was hard to watch uh, because, you know, they cast him and they're like, hey, you know what? He, he's a big star. His name sells a movie. Uh, Megan Fox, same deal. Uh, this will be great. Um, and as you guys know, he's dealing with uh, a, a form of dementia or whatever it is. It was the, at first I think they said it was aphasia, but then it's something else. I, I'm I'm drawing a blank on what it was called. Oh God, maybe I've got it. <laughs> I was just gonna say that's how they test for it, right? Try to remember. They to... give you the diagnosis and then make you come back the next day and repeat it. Yeah, you've got to say Bruce exploitation. You got to yeah. say Bruce exploitation. Tell, tell us two things about this movie. Ah, oh, shit, <laughs> I've got it, don't I? <laughs> Something about grass. I, I I don't know. If you can explain the plot of Death's Path, then they definitely mark you down. <laughs> yeah. So th- this movie is totally adequate. Totally uh, adequate. Yes, it, it says is. Says so on the poster. <laughs> yes. A movie of a certain length. <laughs> <laughs> you may or may not enjoy yourself. Uh, Megan okay. Fox in a tube top. <laughs> With her weird Horror. thumbs. Um, they crop those out. So the the reason I say that they're um, exploiting Bruce sort of in this movie is maybe he just wanted to get the money and help the family have stuff for treatment and whatever. I don't know. But uh, the scenes, you kind of figure like you know, they had him say the line four or five times and then just cut it into the conversation. Mm. So when they're in a restaurant, he and his um, partner, they're like FBI, I think. Um they're having a conversation in a restaurant booth and it's kind of cutting back and forth in a conspicuous way. It almost looks like someone cut Bruce Willis into this movie, although he was there and filmed it, you know, and there's a lot of lines he delivers where it just sounds like he just repeated something that someone told him to say. And and I believe he had an earpiece. Yeah. And they did use, and they may have done this. So in case you saw it, but they did use communication with earpieces as cops. Yeah. So I think they wrote that in for maybe that reason. You notice the week we watched Death Spa, which has a scene where Ken Forey is playing football with a guy in his office, uh-huh. throwing the football backwards and forwards. The week we saw that, uh, there was a video came out of uh, Governor DeSantis playing football where they edited it the same way. So it looked like it was just editing together successful catches and yeah. throws from... Wow, I didn't Different see that. Different time periods. I saw it. It's weird. Two guys in suits throwing a ball back and forth. Yeah, to show the normal people. Yes, totally relatable. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Death Spot, big influence. Big influence. Yeah. Um, so this one, like I said, it's totally adequate. Totally but adequate. It was a film you watched. It was. It was one of the films I watched, and uh, I wouldn't steer any, anyone away from it, but I would say... If you think you're noticing something weird about the underuse of a star like Bruce Willis and the weird way that all his scenes are cut, that's why, you know, and, and I, if you told me this was made 10 years previous from this, I'd be like, what the hell were they thinking when they did this? But it, I'm guessing this is one of his last movies, if not the last Look, movie. 
John Carradine didn't know what movie he was making probably for the last 20 years of his life. Did it stop him? No. I'm saying slap Bruce Willis in did, anything. Did it stop him after his life? No. No, it didn't even, death didn't even stop it. He made more movies after he died. Yeah. No. In fact, now I've started writing down movies he's not in because there's fewer of those. Actually, speaking of uh, Bruce Bloitation, um, while I still can, um, the the... There's a documentary being put together where they track down as many people who who starred in Bruce Plotation films as they could. Oh wow! Yeah, they they found a bunch of them all living together in one apartment. <laughs> <laughs> they just take turns fooling the rent people. It's just one guy. They, looks no, like he look, only has look, the he's same going haircut. Down the street. <laughs> sometimes he's pudgy, sometimes he's thin, but it, you know it's the same guy because he has the same haircut. Anyway, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I got. That's all you got? That's it. Uh, all right. Go for it, Will. I watched uh, Boston Strangler. Oh, the new one? Yeah. Um, I wanted to see what Kira Knightley was up to uh, and how well her American accent was. Okay. The Boston accent? No, she just did a standard American Generic. accent. Does a pretty good job. Um, <clears throat> not much to say about it. Felt like a poor man's uh, Zodiac from 15 years have you, ago. Have you seen the Tony Curtis version? Yeah. Yeah. My favorite scene in that is uh, William Marshall and Henry Fonda. Gosh. I don't... Rem I, I vaguely remember it. I'll yeah, have to rewatch well, it. Speaking of William Marshall, I just read the uh, the new Black Hiller book. Um. Uh, came out just uh, this January, I think. Nice. Uh, Rodney Barnes wrote it. Um, yeah, it's like a it's a comic sequel to the original film. Nice. Pretty well done. Um, I watched um something called Strange Invaders. Oh yeah, the. Yeah. Yeah, where they peel off the... Yeah, uh, this movie made no sense. <laughs> it had Nancy Allen in it and uh, Wallace Shawn, Shawn Wallace, whatever his name is. Hmm. Um, yeah, it was a movie I watched. Yeah, it's classic goopy 80s. Goopy 80s aliens. It uh, doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, yeah, something else. Wow. Uh, thank you, Tubi. Yeah, you should check it out. You like it. Yeah. Okay. You're into sources and stuff. Yeah. I'll put, I'll it was it on one that I'd never seen, never Weird. heard about anything. Weird. So, yeah. Why not? I watched You Season 4. I hope this is it. <laughs> That's the tagline. I was just going to say, <laughs> is that the tagline? Uh, the tagline yeah. it deserves. Um, Pretty absurd, like always. Uh, got to the end. I really didn't like it. Huh. Um yeah, I won't I won't spoil anything. That's the bearded guy who has like the Dexter narrative going over the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, less said about that the better probably. I watched something called Snowfall as a uh, last week's show we we discussed Death Spa and I said like I felt like I kept falling asleep or something. <laughs> This is a show about the rise of uh, the crack cocaine trade. Oh. It's, a, it's a fictional show. Uh, they have two, at least two episodes where the end of the episode, the previous episode, uh, they'll be like, these characters are going in to confront a rival and, you know, it's going to be dangerous. And they're like, okay, they're plotting it out. It ends as they're going in. The next episode starts, the action's over. Mm. They're leaving. It made me feel like I had missed an episode, like maybe Hulu had skipped something. So I went back and watched it again, and I was oh, like, no. what? And then like the very next episode, they do the same thing. You see these characters, they're getting on a plane, or they're talking about getting on a plane to fly back to the U.S. with all their coke. The next episode starts, and their plane has crashed in the desert, and you're like, what happened? They don't explain it. So I think it's just a budgetary way to get out of things like a big gunfight or a big plane wreck. Mm -hmm. It's like when somebody's 
fairly good at drawing people, but sucks at drawing hands. So they pose all of them. I know who you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't actually thinking of anyone specifically, but it happens a lot. Never seen that man draw feet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Never. Uh, It's always missed in the foreground. Yeah, there was a particular 90s artist. We won't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, We'll talk about it off mic, but uh, I've seen people who weren't probably as accomplished as whoever this artist is. Just like, oh, yeah, your your person is sitting on their hands again, or their hands are in their pockets, their hands are behind them, their hands are outstretched, and they've left the frame. You have a hand to draw from. It's right there. have two. Unless you're drawing with the pencil in your teeth. You know, and if it's the wrong hand, just flip the paper over. It's yeah, not trace difficult. It. Flip it over, trace it. <sighs> um, Yeah, and then uh, this week's movie. Wow, Tourist Trap. Tourist Trap, trap, which I described last week I picked because I woke up to it at 3 a.m. You're like, what the hell is this? I was like, what is this? Oh, wait, this is Tourist Trap. I remember this. Yeah. Um, I'm sad to say I think I've seen this movie three, maybe four times now. Oh, me too, definitely. Yeah, it's one of those that's got problems, but also is kind of good yeah, there's nothing like it yeah it's weird it's it's a very weird one so i couldn't get it out of my head while i was trying to find something else to pick well i should say there's like several famous horror films that are, you know it that are like it in some ways yeah but it does its own thing yeah it kind of throws a bunch of things in the blender and lets it go <laughs> <laughs> all in support of tanya roberts tube top yes <laughs> She wore the tube top of justice. Um, so before we get into the movie itself, uh, this this is all centered around the star, Chuck Connors. The Rifleman. The Rifleman. He was a man who had a rifle in the series that ran from what, 60-something through? 1960 to 1989, I believe. <laughs> it probably seemed like about 45 episodes a season. It sure seems like it. This, um, if you compare the character Lucas McCain from The Rifleman to the killer in in this movie, uh, it's like an off day for Lucas McCain because he kills so many people in The Rifleman. <laughs> He'll just mow people down. He doesn't care. And he literally shoots from the hip. He just holds that rifle mm-hmm. out in front of him and just shoots and Cause it's, it's, it's a lever action. Mm-hmm, yeah. Winchester or whatever. Yeah. He, I remember watching that as a kid. He was just bananas, just shooting everything and everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, every episode's going to end that way. This yeah. this guy's a jerk. He's going to get gunned down at the end. Sure enough, all his friends got gunned down, too. <laughs> yeah, and, and of course he That's was... why everybody's so polite to Lucas McCain and his dumbass kid. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was also well-known for being an old yeller. Uh, let's see. Flipper. Flipper, oh God. He's also a athlete in several national teams. Yeah, he's yeah. a basketball star and a baseball baseball star. Yeah, of course, if you're six foot six, I, I think you can run to the bases a lot quicker. Than... <laughs> yeah, I believe he played for the Celtics. Yes. Oh, geez, did he? Yeah. I did not know that about him. I don't know why I know so much about Chuck Connors, <laughs> other than I really like the rifleman. Yeah. Um. So... I guess what we could say about uh, Kevin Joseph Aloysius Connors, a.k.a. Chuck. He didn't go by Aloysius. How did he not? Aloysius Connors. Who were his parents? Oh, my God. Aloysius? It's got to be some religious thing, right? No, I think his parents are just really cool. (laughs) They were like, hey, what should we name him? How about Aloysius? <laughs> yeah, I dare you to put that on a birth certificate. I dare you. You won't do it. How do you spell Aloysius, man? Or John Wayne's name is Marion. <clears throat> Marion. Yeah, yeah Marion Morrison. Um, he was a Brooklyn Dodger? Chuck Connors was a Brooklyn Dodger, too? Unfortunately, the Dodgers had already moved to L.A. Oh, okay. So this is obviously fake. <laughs> it's a very quiet game. Yeah. Very quiet. Usually the only one there if the empty lot. Let's see. Oh, God, yeah. He played for the Sacramento Kings, the Boston Celtics. There's not much this guy couldn't do except uh, find a good movie in 1979. (laughs) 
Okay. Tourist trap. Will, you picked this. Yes. Because it showed up in front of your face uh-huh. in the middle of the night. Yeah, and like, I kept thinking about it while yeah. I tried to find other things to pick. What part of the movie was playing when you... The very opening. Oh. When the kid walks in and... Woody. Yeah, he goes in the house and then he sticks his arm through the broken door. He gets trapped in a room and sticks his arm through the door. There's a bouncing, laughing, bald puppet thing. Yeah. It's kind of frightening. Wake up to that at three in the morning, laughing. Apparently that laugh was from the hyena in a Disney movie. Oh, okay. I don't know what Disney movie it would have been. Lady and the Tramp or something. Oh, okay. I think there is one when they go to the zoo. Have you guys heard the expression, a hat on a hat? Mm. Uh, it's, it, I guess it's a way of saying uh, something's artistically redundant. Um, my tattoo artist uh, was talking about somebody who wanted to do something that had like a, you know, involving some timepieces, whether it was pocket watches or sundials or hourglasses or whatever, and they wanted to add something else to it. And he just stopped them and said, no, that's a hat on a hat. You don't want to do that. Well, this movie and long walk around for me to say, there's a guy wearing a vest on a vest in this movie. He's got like some shirt that he's cut the sleeves off and he's got a vest over that. That was popular in the day. Was it? Yes. Okay. I'll, I'll suspend my disbelief and say, okay, well, you, you're probably right. Yeah, sure. Um, I didn't just make yeah, that it's, up. It's kind of uh, cleaned up biker look. Yeah. Um, shiny bikers yeah <laughs> i seem to remember the scene uh some characters in italian kind of biker movies wearing that sort of yeah or post-apocalyptic movies there was always one guy's torn the sleeves off his shirt and they put a vest on over it yeah that's kind of weird it's a vest on a vest i think it's a new look it's a look that should come back yeah, well, fucking mullets have come back, so... Hey, I'm rocking a tube top right now. <laughs> yeah. He wore the tube top of justice. Um, so we have a uh, redneck mentioning uh, the highway bypass, kind of ruining his livelihood. Mm-hmm. So that is kind of a... Uh, it's kind of a trope. It's psycho. Psycho, yeah. Psycho yeah. bypass the Bates Motel. Is that is that the earliest one we can mm-hmm. name? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they used Government it. put a highway through and yeah. business dried up. Yeah. Before that, it was the train. Train went through the other town. Yes. Yeah. Town dried up. Now there's scary, creepy people in the town. Yeah. So it's <laughs> I not... mean, they were already there before the train. They, just, get, they just got weirder. Yeah. yeah. They just couldn't get out of town. Nope. Yeah. Um, the warning that uh, the Chuck Connors character gave the gang was, y'all best leave before dark. Mm-hmm. Which, if they had, would they all be alive? Well, he had something to do with them being there in the first place. You know, he bust that Jeep. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he knew they weren't leaving before dark. I mean, he's got, he's got two things going on. Was that a Jeep or a VW thing? It was a thing. That's what I thought. It was a Volkswagen thing. Yeah. A gray Volkswagen thing. Which are worth a ton of money now, right? Probably. Did, did, we, did we determine that, like, on one of sure our previous shows? Okay. I'm so, going to say, yeah, they're, they're worth a mint. They're worth a small fortune. All right, well, let's just go with uh, search terms. Value of a <laughs> thing. VW thing. And what's chat GTP tell you? <laughs> it's a, a, uh, a limerick. A <laughs> limerick. Let's see. There once was a man who drove a thing. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, there's seven of them currently for sale. Yeah, they're going for $21,000. Yeah, that seems about right. Yeah. Top sale of one of them was $62,000, which seems like a lot for something from the 70s, but what do I know? I guess they're not worth that much. I was thinking they were going to be worth like half a million dollars or something, but, um, but yeah, they have a VW a thing thing or a Ferrari. Yeah. I'll take the thing. I don't want all the shit that goes with having a Ferrari. Um, so this is your typical gang of teens kind of older teens. Yeah. yeah. Just like the gang of teens. I remember being in. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of roaming the countryside. Right out of college slash high school. 
slash middle age slash middle age <laughs> and they're just heading out working to the... on uh graduating and your second marriage right what were they what were they up to do you even remember what was the plot uh, they were going somewhere were they yeah they just seemed to be on a road trip I yeah i don't know that they destination. said destination yeah uh they're driving through the california desert but somehow they're in a place that's, that's got a swamp. Uh huh. And and seems vaguely southern. Yeah, he, they've got California plates, and he's got uh, Washington plates. Huh. Weird. That, that seems like a strange thing. Let's well, see. I'm just on the west coast. Somewhere <clears throat> on the west coast, down this, this by is Georgia. F- filmed in Los Angeles County. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of the houses, this place on Hollywood Boulevard. Oh. They they uh, begged the uh, owners, uh, the, the people who were going to destroy it, to hold off for five days. And then they filmed it there. Saved a whole bunch of money. Filming, nice. Filming the house interiors. That sounds a lot like Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. They're going to bulldoze that house anyway. Let us make a movie there. Yeah. Here's some money. You guys have to go wash up in the creek, but that's cool. <laughs> um, so the plot is something we've seen before. You know, uh, not much of a harbinger. That's creepy guy tells you not to do things. You continue to do them until you die. <laughs> yes. Except for he's the one orchestrating all the things. Well, yeah, I mean. So that's a slight difference, but. But he did warn you. Yeah. Y'all. And, you, and you kept going outside, wandering mm-hmm. off. Yeah. Um, who has this many mannequins? Laurie Strode. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Halloween Kills borrows heavily from Tourist Trap. <laughs> uh, okay. So, so the character's brother supposedly has all these skills. Davy. Davy. And he's made all of these animatronic things. That seemed to just, like the last movie we talked about, Death Spa, they seemed to do stuff that animatronics wouldn't allow them to do. Mm-hmm. And there's a mention later in the movie about um, telekinesis. Yes. Which I was kind of glad was added in there because I was, just like in the last movie, I was like, oh, come on. But the telekinesis sold it to you? Well, the telekinesis <laughs> at least you know, retroactively explained it to me. Okay. Cause I was like, okay. So you were okay with the space wizards, <laughs> yeah. but how did the robot speak? Yeah. Beeps and loops, Beep, beeps and boops. And the other robot knew what it was saying. Yeah. It's like just a bridge too far. It was. So, uh, was the telekinesis real? I guess. Well, the producer said that they should, make it telekinesis oh just added that in thing yeah like, uh, during production when they were scripting it oh, okay but, um yeah david schmeller he is um he he he'd been working uh he wanted to be a screenwriter mm-hmm. and uh he you know he'd been in europe he'd been in mexico he studied with uh louis Bunuel. okay he oh was, damn he's very much into magic realism and stuff so if you watch he'd made this short in 1975 called um uh the spider will kill you and um it had been entered for the student film awards thing and it lost out to uh the student film of robert zemeckis oh <laughs> uh, yeah so he made this thing at the university of texas and it's about this blind man named jonathan and he's in this room and he's got these two mannequins and they're his mother and father and uh, he uh, he p- picks up a, a girl named Christina, but she's also a mannequin, um, which doesn't stop their relationship developing, if you know what I mean, and I think you do. Of course not. And uh, this gets noticed by his neighbour. Um, and uh, the uh, uh, Christina starts... Uh, it starts off uh, she's very obedient and, and loving, and but she she starts misbehaving more and more. <laughs> And um, he's warned her not to open the trunk in his room because it's full of hairy spiders. Um, and, of course... She opens it? Yeah. 
Um, but anyway, uh, so he was he was used to just having a weird concept and going with it and not explaining it. But then the, who, who's the producer? In this? So David Schmeller went on to do the Puppet Master series, you know. Oh, okay. So this is, oh, yeah, Ch- Charles um, Band. Charles Band, yeah. Yeah, Charles so Charles Band, yeah. Band suggested the telekinesis. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, he, he wasn't going to explain it. Hmm. Good. Yeah, because there were a lot of things that just sort of hovered and shot around the room that, uh, again, animatronics would not explain. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you want to tell me later in the movie that it's telekinesis, okay. Then I'll just forgive those early moments of um, levitation and shooting about the room. I will say I think this movie has the scariest kill. Which oh, one? Oh, yeah, that's grim. When he suffocates that woman with the plaster over her face. Tina. Tina, yeah. I, that is just awful. Mm. Yeah. And there's no blood or anything. It's He's just, just him telling talking her about what's going to happen. Yeah. It's grim. It looked like... It's real grim. It looked like dough for making dumplings. It was pizza dough. Mm. Oh, so it was. Okay. They cooked it afterwards. They <laughs> yeah. forgot to take it off her face. Because <laughs> yeah, this, this movie is fairly low on the blood content. Uh, yeah. There is some in there, but... It's got a PG. Really? Yeah. I saw that when I paused it or when I started or finished it. It was up in the corner. It was like that was the rating. Yeah. So on one hand, it kind of killed it as a, something that adults would go and see. Right. But it played on TV in the afternoons. Yeah. So you can imagine being a kid watching this. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, it'd be rough. That'd be nightmare stuff. Yeah, because this, I mean, this with... A little more blood and gratuitous nudity would have probably sold to a younger audience. Sold way better at the drive-in crowd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two two years later, this would have been standard slasher. Yeah. It wouldn't have taken much to switch this up and make it fit that mold, that Friday the 13th Mm -hmm. sort of cast. Um. Did you guys like the special effects, like the the, the mannequins and, and all that stuff? Yeah, some of them pretty good. Didn't it seem like there was a, a big disparity between how good some of them were and how bad some of them were as oh, far yeah. as some of them look like bad ventriloquist dummies? Yeah. And other ones look like, oh my God, that could be in a wax museum. Mm-hmm. That looks real. Yeah, there's like different levels of mannequins. Um, yeah. They can't all be winners. That's true. You know. And they, and they get more and more real as it goes on. Yeah. Yeah, there was... Yeah, some weird jaw-hinging thing that he was doing as he yeah. killed. But I think what took me out of it more later in the movie than the telekinesis that hadn't been explained yet uh, was how was he so quickly turning people into these these little works of art, these mm-hmm. mannequins? It's like they don't see him for five minutes, and all of a sudden their good friend from their trip is like clipping and clopping around oh, with a hinged jaw. That's such a good scene. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, this is a weird movie. Yeah, you, you get that scene in um, The Spider Will Kill You. He, he pulls the arm off the girlfriend. Oh. She, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, he yeah. disarmed her. Mm. Now, Will, I would assume your answer to this would be yes, but Jolien, um, well, both of you, have you been to very many roadside attractions, as they're called? No. Been to a few. Yeah, like, um, what's a good example? Reptile Gardens, Wall Drug, uh, any... The Thing. <laughs> any any caverns so I, or... I used to read about them. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go on road trips and see all that stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, when I actually have been on road trips in this country, I've been to, like, uh, like quality places, like the Dinosaur Monument and things like that. Yeah. They don't really count. Yeah. <laughs> no, you need to go see The Thing. Which which thing are you talking about? There's a thing in Arizona that there's billboards probably from the middle of Texas to Arizona. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of miles would be like 600 miles to the thing. <laughs> Have you seen the thing? And then you go there and it's a mummy. Oh, okay. Not like an Egyptian mummy. It's just like somebody who just died a... and was mummified by the weather, yeah. the elements. Yeah. I think that's it anyway. I saw it once. It was horribly disappointing after years of seeing the billboard that just says the thing. 
Yeah. Um, wall drug, same thing. They would have hundreds and hundreds of miles of, you know, free ice water at wall drug. Yeah. Do this and that at wall drug. And it's like, Oh, they're going to have everything there, aren't they? And it's just the biggest tourist trap. And, but when you're a little kid, you think it's really cool. It's like, everything's kind of old West themed pretty much. Mm -hmm. Uh, the town of Wall, South Dakota, has this giant uh, concrete brontosaurus that you could walk up. Well, you used to be able to walk up and climb on it and touch it, but it was huge. Yeah. Like, I think actual size. If not if not actual size, pretty close. And uh, this is the kind of stuff that, you know, if you watched Pee-wee's Big Adventure, <laughs> you know, you saw Pee-wee stop off in a couple places and... Yeah. You know, that's that's what America at least used to be like. There used to be two little false fronts towns that were tourist traps like that between Damien and Las Cruces. Two, not not just the one in the middle of nowhere. Wow. Two and they're just, you know, a little fake front I need to place and then you you see the billboards are like rock candy, you know, or rattlesnake eggs are just crap you know just stupid do you know yeah. about rattlesnake eggs they mm -mm. sell you this little manila envelope and it's got a washer and a rubber band wound up the joke is that you know you have somebody oh look rattlesnake eggs and then when they go to open it the washer spins around on the rubber band and makes a rattling oh. noise oh. Scary. The joke is that uh, rattlesnakes don't lay eggs and okay. give live birth. So, uh -huh. And it would only scare the shit out of a five-year-old yeah, yeah, or, or a really naive person. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, tourist traps aren't in real life so different from what this guy's got going on. Not really. And if you watch um, House of a Thousand Corpses, you know, Captain Spaulding's attraction that he has, yeah, it's all right in there. And... Uh, Ooh, Rob Zombie could remake this. Well, this was pretty much remade as uh, House of Wax. Yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the same movie, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I guess, Rob Zombie, you're out of luck. Um, now, I, looking in the credits, it says Linnea Quigley is uncredited as and one of the mannequins. Mannequin, yeah. Which one? Do you know? can't spot it they're all in the dark and yeah it's i guess she just the topless one <laughs> that's what i was thinking <laughs> i don't remember any topless ones that actually had nipples they were all kind of smooth smooth contoured bodies but yeah uh i wonder why yeah. she just friends with someone on the set yeah what uh, just I, hanging out well let's see a couple see. weeks she, ago i watched uh i reviewed uh Robot Ninja, she was in that briefly, and it was, a, I think, a favorite, must have been a favorite of somebody on the set or the director or something, because basically she came in and leaned over the desk so you could see down her shirt, and then she said her lines and got up and left, and that was it. <laughs> like, All right. Uh, let's see. If we were to look at um, Linnea Quigley's filmography, uh Right around this time, she would have been in Death Sport. Uh, the sport that killed people. Fairy Tales. <laughs> auditions. Um, summer Camp. Stone Cold Dead. Uh, and then after after 1979, she would have been in Graduation Day, Don't Go Near the Park. and uh, telling me what to do. Yeah. Movies that boss you around. <laughs> But yeah, um, before and during 1979, uh, five other movies where she was. Oh, Stone Cold Dead, uncredited. Okay. She's just hanging out. Oh, Death Sport, uncredited. What was she doing wrong? She needed an agent back then, it sounds like. <laughs> but she sorted that out later. She was just an extra. Yeah. God, there's four more that are uncredited. What the hell? She was in Still Smokin', Cheech and Chong movie. Maybe that was the name of her character in those movies. Yeah. Uncredited. And it was, you know, an early attempt as a united, you know, unified universe. Cheech and Chong and Tourist Trap. <laughs> Makes sense to me. 
Um, but Linnea Quigley aside, uh, yeah, this this movie is chock full of of mannequins and animatronics and manimatronics, manimatronics, womanimatronics, womanimatronics. That's a great movie title, womanimatronic. <laughs> St- starring <laughs> Linnea Quigley, uncredited. This one, like you said, Jolien, there's nothing else like it. Yeah, it's obviously Psycho's... An influence. Big part. Um, TCM, you know, is, mm-hmm. shares a few crew with Texas Chainsaw. Okay. Um, the uh, production designer, Robert A. Burns... Worked on Texas Chainsaw and The Heroes of Eyes and Reanimator and From Beyond. Okay. So yeah, yeah, and you can you can feel those influences on it. Like yeah. Kind of grubby atmosphere and yeah, and the, the interiors that are stuffed with junk and yeah, yeah, and it does make it hard to tell what's going to do what. Yeah. And then of course later we would have like. Uh, you know, E.T. was able to hide in a whole bunch of stuffed animals. Yeah. That, that's that been uh, repeated as a visual gag a few times. Like, Gremlins did it. I know they, just from the preview, I know they're going to, they have used it in Megan, which, you know, they, they give away a lot in the previews now, but. Apparently the nickname for the Davy character on set was Plasterface. Oh. <laughs> oh, really? He has a variety of masks and uh, wigs. And... Yeah. Yeah, do you think this was a step down for Chuck Connors, or do you think this was just like... Yes. No, he he, he did, because Westerns were out of favor, and he wanted to be a horror star. And, and he really throws himself into it. He's really good. Yeah, he's he's not just phoning it in. No. You could, like you say, you know... He, he comes up with all these bits of business for distinguishing the characters. And... Yeah, does all the voices. Mm-hmm. But it was, but was kind of like... And the reason I ask is because sometimes you'll see somebody who's kind of past their prime, so to speak, and uh, doesn't mind doing a movie that's kind of below their station mm-hmm. of their previous, you know, uh, filmography. Yes. And uh, they still bring their game. They mm-hmm. bring yeah. their A game. Like John Carradine. Yeah. Yeah. John Carradine didn't mind. He'll get all his lines right. Yeah. Get back on the plane. Put all the emotion into it and <laughs> hit the road. Got 24 more movies to film this day. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, Chuck Connors wanted this to do well and make him a, give him a new um, lease. Yeah, because he was in some uh, action movie the year before this. I can't remember what it was called now, but it was one of those 70s. He was in Solent, Solent Green as. The, yeah, he was in the, that. The, the assassin in that. Yeah. yeah. It was a, uh, it was one of those '70s movies where the the action stars kind of older and washed out mm. character from maybe you know 20 years ago, like this, and you're like, mm, I don't know if I really believe this man is pushing 60 and he's running around with a 20 year old and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It wasn't a good movie, whatever it was called. Well, should we see it what? Was no tourist trap. Uh, what did the professional critics say? Um, let's see. Variety wrote, although the pick has some appropriately menacing music and occasionally employs some decent special effects, the plot is too loaded with cliches from the concept to individual bits of dialogue to be taken seriously and not silly enough, um, to be regarded as delightfully bad. Okay. Um, Charles Champlin of, Los Angeles Times wrote that the film has some moments of effectiveness, but even the hardline shiverists are likely to feel it's uh, it's a long time between shrieks. Yeah, it, it doesn't move fast. No. And you get like one kill and then there's ages before there's... Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why this movie felt longer to me than it actually was. You know, because it did sort of take these... But that soundtrack, I love it. It's, it's uh, Pino Dinaggio. Okay. Um, so he'd done Carrie. Oh, okay. And uh, he was working on Piranha. Oh. And uh, But he couldn't speak English, so they wanted to bring in someone who could 
helped translate, so they brought in David Schmiller. Oh, okay. And uh, so he got to know Pino Di Nagio through that and brought him in the tourist trap. Nice. Now, um, so between Di Nagio and Connors, that was like a sixth <laughs> of the budget gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man. Now, I do have to say, before we move off of uh, uh, critical response to this thing, is... Uh, that although people like Leonard Malton didn't especially like it, he gave it you know, like one and a half out of four stars, calling it mostly boring. Um, Stephen King, in his book *Dan's Macabre, mm-hmm. in 1981, praised the film as an obscure classic, noting that the film wields an eerie spooky power as wax figures begin to move and come to life in a ruined, out-of-the-way out of tourist resort. That's where I heard of this film. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Dan's Macabre. Wow. Yeah, I watched it maybe 15 years ago on some cable or over-the-air station. I don't know. It was on TV, and I watched it because Chuck Connors was in it, and then it was weird, and I was like, I'd never heard of it or anything. So then when it came on Tubi, it's like, oh, I'll watch that again. (laughs) And you think about, like, one of Chuck Connors' contemporaries was James Arnaz, Mm -hmm. you know, from Gunsmoke. And he was in the original The Thing, The Thing from Another World. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, these six foot six guys, <laughs> they could be in monster movies. And I, and I wonder if Chuck Connors kind of had that in mind when he said, yeah, let's, let's get into horror movies. It's like my buddy James did it. <laughs> yeah. He played the big, car- uh, the big carrot. The big carrot. Yeah. Um, do you own this one, Jolian? Yep. I've got it on a DVD. I'm waiting. Uh, there's been a few releases of it on Blu-ray and various cuts. Um, so I'm hoping it will come out on 4K at some point in a definitive edition. Yeah, like they've completely cleaned everything up. and all looks that. pretty good. Yeah, well, it, it looks good. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and the shutter looks good. Yeah, and I assume that's from um, Full Moon. Yeah, they did bring out one edition. Yeah, because that's... Um, the, Wizard brought it out on DVD. Yeah, that's the Charles uh, Band I got? company. Uh, Criterion. <laughs> if only. Actually, they're, they're not always the best. Um, yes, Koch Vision Cult Video DVD is the one I've got. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, Full Moon. Um, yeah, there's been several editions. So, but I'm waiting for a really good. Good one of those. 4K, yeah. Yeah, I really like it. Um, and it's, we've hardly mentioned Tony Roberts. Um, and I think uh, Jocelyn Jones is really good in this. Yeah. She played a hitcher in The Enforcer. Oh, before this. Yeah, it, and you know, the, the women aren't in this strictly as eye candy. Because, you know, there's a lot expected of them acting in these roles. There's a lot of getting chased Getting captured, getting, you know. Yeah, I think they're all good and likable. Yeah. Bunch. Yeah, the you know the they're well written in the sense that you know you you do care about them. That's half the battle with characters in movies is, do you care about them, or are they just expendable idiots that are going to get expended? Hey, I think that's <laughs> fine too. <laughs> you know, watching movies with idiots getting chewed up. Is is fun at times, you know. It, it, I think it comes at an interesting time because this is just before slashes take off. Yeah, you know when once Friday the Thirteenth comes out, and uh, you know all you need to do to make a horror movie is like bunch of kids, special effects, chop them up in various interesting ways. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not knocking it. No, no, it's. Um, but uh, this one. Uh, because it's they're they're not going for the the splatter so much. Um, uh, the fears are more about loss of self. I found mm-hmm. um, like uh, individuals are turned into enslaved models, mannequins. Right. Um, Slauson himself is he he's got a battle of uh, identity with his brother. Yeah. Did the brother ever really exist? Where you see photos of yeah, Davey, and he, okay. he he does come out with a story about killing Davy 
after finding him with his wife. Oh, yeah. that's right. He says that toward the end of the film. So, I, I, yeah, I think that's another thing: is uh, women are turned into objects, like literally, but mm-hmm. also he's got an idea of how the American family should be. So, uh, and they're not working out in his life for real. <laughs> so he turns them into objects. So he has this ideal family. So, like in the, in the Davy house, he has this whole mannequin family, like his mum and dad. And, yeah. Um, he sits there in the living room playing with them. Yeah. So he, he, yeah, he has this whole whole thing of turning uh, like reality he can't control into something he has absolute control over. Do you think this maybe influenced the stepfather? Hmm. hmm. Yeah, it's that same sort of idea. Yeah. I kind of wonder if if they borrowed from this. Well, I, I think it's like an idea that's floating around. They don't necessarily have nicked it off this, but. Um, yeah. Yeah, somebody having high expectations and getting disappointed is, I guess, not such a unique idea. I mean, but murdering yeah. them, I guess, <clears throat> it's another layer. You could even say that's kind of a psycho thing. Yeah. He, you know, yeah, that's controls true. his mom now. Yeah. Or his mom still controls him. Mm-hmm. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> Boy's best friend. Yeah, as the saying goes. Yeah. Or whoever's become his pet. <laughs> yeah, so um, now Tanya Roberts, you know, and I was joking earlier about that Kids in the Hall episode where, uh, is it is it Bruce that says she wore the tube top of justice? Yeah. Um, sure, you know, that's a wardrobe thing that, you know, very prov- provocative wardrobe for her, but... Uh, Let's look at what else she did right around this time. Um, she started her acting career in... Tube Top, the movie. <laughs> Tube Top 2. <clears throat> wasn't in Tube Top 3, came back for Tube Top 4. Yeah, and the revenge. Werewolf Tube Top. <laughs> Werewolf Tube Top Hospital. A sequel to Werewolf Bikini Hospital. I, I do like her character names. Without telling you the movies she was in, here's just... Tube re- Top Girl. <laughs> April. Tubi. <laughs> Julie, Becky, Stephanie, Bambi, Kiri, Angelica, Sheena. <laughs> it goes on Yeah, she's Becky in this one. Yeah, that's probably the one I was reading. Yep, Tourist Trap. Uh, let's see, right after this, she was in California Dreaming, Racket, The Beastmaster. So if you do want to well, see her topless... Charlie's Angels. Yes, that's true too, of course. Yeah. Yeah, Beastmaster, it's another uh, swimming scene, isn't it? Yep. Um, Directed by Don Coscarelli. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you you like them phantasms. Uh, Hearts and Armor, Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, A View to a Kill. There you go. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sheena. Yeah. Yeah, she's wasted in View to a Kill. Like drunk? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, yeah, Grace Jones is in that one. Yeah, she drank she's too. really good in that. <laughs> she's wasted in that one, too. <laughs> so I, I honestly don't remember A View to a Kill well enough to say that I agree or disagree. But what what, what was happening? They just didn't give her uh, much she, to do? Yeah, she just, she's just too much of a damsel in distress and being carried around by Roger Moore. Boo. He's not my favorite Bond. No. Julian, who is your favorite Bond? Lazenby. <laughs> uh, oh, Daniel Craig, actually. He's been great. He's got the rugged but vulnerable thing going on. It's it's it works. It really does. I mean, for sentimental sake, you know, Sean Connery. You know, he, he's always going to be my favorite Bond because he was the first Bond for me. Yeah. And uh, and everybody else, for that matter. Well, it wasn't... Uh... Well, there was the TV one before him. Right. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. But who's seen that? Me. <laughs> Peter Laurie's in it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, but I think, yeah, you could you could skip a bunch of those Bonds in the middle and go, Daniel Craig is on... Oh, know. no. I'm not saying skip them. I'm saying <laughs> you could skip over them to talk about, you know, who's really nailing it. And yeah. Okay. Daniel Craig. Yeah. I dig his work. 
Um, it's weird to see him in stuff that was just before his James Bond movies. <laughs> Cause it's like, Oh, he's a thug running around with a gun. Who cares? Mm-hmm. And get just his... like his James Bond movies. <laughs> but, but in those, he's getting his ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> or but gets... he's still a thug, <laughs> but he's not working for the queen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's always weird. It's a new James Bond working for the queen. <laughs> <laughs> for the queen uh, it's a good title mm-hmm. there's no g on working either <laughs> yeah. it's working for the queen <laughs> working for the queen <laughs> and maybe four is spelled f-e-r <laughs> working for the queen <laughs> working for the queen <laughs> i like it yeah but yeah i mean if 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 you were to if you were to say, yeah, recommend some James Bonds, you know, you could say each one of the actors had, you know, two or three good movies or whatever. But uh, I don't know. Did Pierce Brosnan have any good Bond movies? I don't know that I've watched all of them. Jolien, have you watched them all? He looks the part. He's, I think he's great. But, okay. but they're just the, it was the weakest yeah series of yeah exactly entries i think any fault of his or is it the right no i don't, don't think, think it's so. any no. fault of his other than perhaps i mean not fault of 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 pierce brosnan himself but i think maybe it was uh that build up that expectation because they had planned to cast him so long mm-hmm. ago and i think maybe the audience kind of built him up like oh he'll be great and then you deliver a kind of substandard story. He's not yeah, going to. At that, at that point, there. Um, welcome to the James Bond podcast, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Um, Who's going to stop us now? They just didn't feel sure of themselves. They didn't know what to do with the character. And, and the villains and what he. Yeah, it didn't have the swagger. And... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who could be the next Bond? Of course, I'm ignorant to whether or not they've chosen him. Him or her already. Hmm. They haven't announced anybody yet. Yeah, uh, the... uh, I was I was quite hopeful about that. Uh, Reggie, what's his name, off of uh, Bridgerton? Oh, oh yeah, they, they mentioned that recently. Talking about him for a while. That would have been interesting. And the, and the guy from Luther, um... Idris Elba. Yeah, yeah, Idris Elba. That that would have been a good choice too. But um, who knows what they'll do? There might be a female Bond next. Who knows? Maybe. I'm trying to think of who that could be. Well, Tanya Roberts is too old. Uh, She's she, dead. She died. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Even John Garradine couldn't play James Bond now. You know what? I bet with some creative editing, we could have a John Garradine James Bond movie. Maybe, maybe a mannequin. Chuck Connors as James Bond. A mannequin Carradine. <laughs> yes, Mannequin Carradine. That's it. They've uploaded... John Carradine's essence to a mannequin that robot. That could be a good uh, rom-com. Mannequin <laughs> Carradine. Uh, <clears throat> Keith Carradine is still alive. Hospital. Yeah. Yes, Werewolf Bikini Hospital tonight. Pardon me. It's got theme music. I like it. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and th- th- anyway, back to Tanya Roberts. So she was in the, that 70s show. It was yeah. 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 She was really funny in that. Yeah, she was the the neighbor and uh, Donna's, Donna's mom. mom. Yeah. Or was it his, her stepmom? I think it was her mom. I don't remember. Yeah, it is hard to remember. But, uh, man, that was such a delightful show. You know, every, everyone everyone was cast perfectly for that 70s show. I, I wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> Except, you know, looking back on it, who knew? Mm-hmm. About that one Scientologist. Yeah. And what he'd get up to, but okay, so Those tourist darn Scientologist. Tourist trap. So it was it was ahead of its time and suffered from that as far as not making it to the slashers. It was too early. A little early. Yeah. Too not e- quite gory enough. Yeah, two years and two years early and a little but, uh, a little bit of gore short. I, I don't think it was too early. I think it was it, and it didn't get a good release, but um, so that really hurt its chances. But uh, if it had been a couple of years later, it would have been a standard slasher. 
Yeah. And it wouldn't it just wouldn't have been as weird. Yeah. Do you think do you think it could have been as restrained as it was from Gore and still made it in with made it in with the pack? Yeah, no, they they would have they would have made them kill, you know, they have probably have more kids, kill them off every 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Probably true. Probably cut all the telekinesis, cut mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff, you know. Yeah, because you start thinking about like uh, the House on Sorority Row or April Fool's Day or any of those movies, they're not better than this one. I would say, you know, the the difference isn't huge, but they're not better than this, and they were they were kind of included in the pack, but never had the success of the Friday the Thirteenths yeah. or the. Uh, I would say the Halloweens, but more the Nightmare on Elm Streets, you know, because yeah. <laughs> weird choices were made with Halloween, let's be honest. But you look at Nightmare on Elm Street and they just, they could make one every, you know, every year, year, year and a half, year, whatever it was. It's the only thing that sold for New Line Cinema. It kept the whole company afloat. The house that Freddie built. Uh-huh. No kidding. Um, anyway, uh... Yeah, I feel like it was a little bit out of time, you know, for for that craze. And yeah, like you said, you know, they would have had to have packed more cast members in and killed them all off. But uh, still, this more is... nudity. All it needed. Some nudity. <laughs> Cheapest special effects out there. Yeah, this didn't really have any. This had implied nudity. Ah, that's partial no good. nudity. Need a whole shower room full of naked women well tire tiles are flying off the walls at <laughs> that's what the audiences want that is exactly what audiences was that want. tar tar yeah. yeah tar flying out the walls Ish. for them oh awesome. tiles which yeah. the computer did not control <laughs> as it turned out as it turned out you may have thought it would tiles are often computer controlled in our high-tech world today yes but it was only a distant dream in the mid-80s. Do either of you know anyone who's got a bunch of stuff in their house controlled by their uh, Alexa or their Spot or whatever the fuck? We were working towards it. Yeah? Yeah. And uh, were you feeling it or were you kind of not feeling it? I don't know. I liked it. It was fun. You liked walking into a room and say, lights, 40%. I like walking in and saying, computer... Because then I could pretend I was in Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. Same reason I push handicap buttons on the doors. I can pretend yeah. I'm in Star Trek. If only they made that little shriek Yeah, that would, be, that would be the best, but they don't. I always think of that Ray Bradbury story. Um, is it Came a Soft Rain or something? Like yeah, that? with the house, the yeah, automated right. house. It's, it's this automated house, and there's obviously been some kind of uh, Third World War. Mm. But everything's still like chugging along. Mm-hmm. With no one in, in this it. particular house, yeah, a dead cat, a I dead think. dog, yeah, or a dead dog, yeah. Oh, weird. It's yeah, it's a good one. I do believe there was a Twilight Zone where they had some sort of a house where one thing was one way and then it was the different. It was different. <laughs> it turned out to yeah. be the opposite thing. Yeah, at the end. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was that. <laughs> that was the one. It's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. It was, it was fun to walk in a room and say, you know computer music or whatever yeah play the cramps and i had a uh a, a indian assistant she had an indian accent oh really yeah which was great you could set it you know australian english whatever yeah so i pick an indian you can do that with the the ways app yeah you can put different accents on them yeah except they were always women Alexa's always there's no male voice. None? Not that oh. not on ours anyway. Oh. The way we had you can't do how. No, you couldn't. But you That would well, be cool. That would be really cool. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry, Will. I can't dim the lights for you. I'm gonna die in here <laughs> yeah. with these bright lights. That would be fun for a maybe a week or yeah. when your friends come around, but I don't think I could <laughs> with that <laughs> sing so, daisy yeah every time the you time. want the cramps they you play daisy oh, that'll drive you nuts human fly human fly <laughs> yeah well uh, as as someone who doesn't park near the entrance 
when I go into the grocery store. I don't feel like I need to walk into a room and tell the lights to come on. I just hit the switch with my index finger and there it is. But um, in the morning, you'll say lights, Alexa, lights. Yeah. What's the weather? Yeah, I guess. Tell me a joke. Is it going to be a good joke? Probably not. Are jokes good? Most aren't. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I've said before, comedy's not funny. Most of it isn't. (laughs) That's why people freak out so much when there's a a really funny comedian. Because there's been so many bad ones. Or, you know, like the best example I like to give people is Dane Cook isn't funny at all. And has been very successful being not funny. Is he he still around? Unfortunately, yes. Oh, okay. Thought he had gone missing. I don't wish him out of existence or anything, but... um, There was a button you could push that would make Dane Cook disappear. Would you push it? (laughs) I'm not answering that. Yes, yes, I would push it and I wouldn't stop. (laughs) It's the only correct answer to that question. Is hitting the button with a rubber mallet the same as pushing the button? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, oh, he really is unfunny. I'm just saying. Yeah. <clears throat> now we're going to get a, one angry Dane Cook fan. So we <laughs> probably only have one crossover. Sitting there with a glass of Kendall Jackson wine. <laughs> Sipping away. Shows a bunch of bullshit, he'll say. I don't believe they're professional critics at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How off subject are we right now? Do we have a subject? We did. Um, well, well, let's bring it back around to uh, the recommends then, since clearly we've, uh, you know, we've gone past the VW thing and Tanya Roberts in a tube top and Chuck Connors playing basketball. And Chuck Connors in a tube top playing <laughs> basketball. <laughs> you, you know. <laughs> It was so weird that the movie ended with that. Just just a silent 15 minutes of Chuck Connors in a locked-off sh- mid-shot playing basketball on a tube top. It was horrifying. Just free throws. So, uh, yeah, um, recommends. Jolien? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Will? Yeah. yeah. Again, I recommend it. Um, it's not the best thing I've ever seen. Well, no. But... We already watched Death Spa last week. <laughs> right. It's all downhill from there. Uh-huh. Cool. Well, we'll You be... know, there's other killer spa movies that were released right around this time. Oh, were we there? We could watch the rest of them. What were they? We watched Killer Workout, Death Spa. Um, I don't know the names of the others. I don't remember them offhand, but... Linnea Quigley did a workout video. It's like Chainsaw Workout or something like that. Jolien, do you have the, uh, what was that one called? Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers or something like that? I do not. Didn't like it that much. No? It wasn't any good? <laughs> well, what? It's got Gunnar Hansen in it. And it, when it was released in Britain, they gave it another title because Chainsaw was legal at the time. Yeah. yeah. The Video Nasties era. It was, yeah, it was a f- couple of years after that. But, yeah, I think it was James Furman. Um... It, yeah, he banned the use of chainsaw in the title. So weird. Uh, chainsaw ninjas right out. Can't use it. <laughs> Sounds about right. So um, next week, I've got to pick something. Okay. Don't know what it is yet. But it's on Tubi. I bet it is. <laughs> All right. Shall we call it a show? Let's call it a show. It's a show. Listeners, thank you for listening. Stay off the moors. You're so pretty. Ah, that's a good one. Cut, cut mine.